Uh, no, you sound great. I do. I sound okay because I I'm mm-hmm. having some audio trouble as far as. Man, I here's the thing you might not know about me, Avalon, is that I'm actually 67 years old and <laughs> don't know how to use any technology. It's great that I'm I'm having a member of one of America's most forgotten demographics on the podcast, the elderly. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm I'm proudly representing my demographic. Yes. Okay, yes. we're in business. Cool. I'm gonna go s- Perfect. sit down right now. I'm like I'm frantically like pacing around my apartment with my Chromebook in my hand. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Man, oh god, it literally it's like Holgate's like in the living room painting and just like I come out and I'm like, babe, what, what, what's the passcode for the iPad? And then like five minutes later, babe, how do I connect my headphones, my Bluetooth headphones to the iPad? And then, babe, I need to download Chrome. <laughs> it says I need Chrome. Just a series of like <laughs> nested grandparent yeah. issues. They're probably um, out there like, just don't do the podcast. <laughs> just text each other. Surely yeah. that'll be enough. Just like spend time with one another at some point. Like, doesn't don't need to be making content right now. Okay, I am settling in and calming down. Draw a circle on the wall and like knock on it three times, and the podcast <laughs> will happen. Yeah, no, I, 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 I feel older. Well, I mean, I guess technically I am older every day, but I feel like exponentially <laughs> yeah. older every day. I'm going two days at like, a time somehow. <laughs> yeah, where I'm like, I don't want like. <laughs> somebody was just talking like really excitedly about like, yeah, and then like you know like you'll be able to like jack into the internet with your brain, and I'm like, oh God, I hate, I hate Not everything that we've. That we've become. <laughs> I'm having trouble figuring out this part of the internet. I if there's, if there's like a way that we can make this system like in my head so that when it glitches out, like I go into a coma or something, that'd be great. That'd yeah. Be, I'd like a little bit more uh, mortal uncertitude. There. Yeah. It's like mm. if if uh if Apple products user interface is too complicated for me, I, I really think I would find a way to fuck up. The the brain thing. I would like blink too many times and like just have a seizure. Like, oh uh, yeah, Ry- Riley only speaks Esperanto now. Hey, man, it's just a I deleted all my other so languages. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I don't want I don't want any of it. I just uh, I don't know. Are, where where are you at in like? pandemic life existence are you like are you escape to the woods are you like post-apocalyptic mad max like what's your flavor (laughs) (laughs) my personal brand of escapism uh i well i don't i was i've always been a homebody i don't like fucking go out into the world like right and i don't go into nature like there's (laughs) fucking bugs and shit um, bugs, if you're lucky. Like, yeah. it, gets, it starts at bugs and it gets worse from there. Yeah, so I've just been uh, disassociating by having as much media going at the same time. My uh-huh. This is my psychotic like daily routine now is I will uh, put on an audiobook on yeah. my phone and then put on a wrestling match on my laptop. <laughs> just cross-fading. And then, and then like clean and tinker about like... And they just kind of putter, pace around and putter. Well, that's like, I'm I'm right there with you. I, uh, 
one of one of the fun things that my stupid Google phone can do is that like there's a robot who will like just give me news in the morning and it like it starts me out by reading me like a five minute long Wikipedia article randomly selected. Okay. Uh, and then it just rolls into like NPR. Uh, but like the arts, like the arts one. So it's it's always like it's never good art. That's like, like I mean, <laughs> the Wikipedia, the random Wikipedia thing is like if like a, a a brain teaser app was made by a dumb guy. Like this will keep you smart. <laughs> Here's the fucking crazy thing though is like I will start waking up, and it'll be like in 1963, blah blah blah. Like I can't remember. Yeah. But, like, in the morning, I'll be like, huh, that's fascinating. I didn't know that, you know, today was the first, the day that they started filming <laughs> Bewitched or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't that, because it just immediately fades out of my mind. So, it's useless, but it keeps me busy. Uh, that and the constant stream of yeah. podcasts and YouTube. It is, so. kind of, it is kind of freaky that for the past five days, it's been reading you the Ted Kaczynski Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's also weird because it overlaps with all of like the cassette tapes that I have. Right. The Ted Kaczynski tapes and yeah. just around my house. The yeah. manifestos you have, you know, copies posted up. <laughs> you know, the, th- the thing about this <clears throat> could have been worse. Yeah. I like the I, just, I like the idea of someone having Ted Kaczynski's manifestos and stuff posted on their wall with like string connecting to the Unabomber, like they're silt, <laughs> like they're the first one to crack the case. It's it's just like each wall is like one side of a Rubik's cube. It's like if you rotate it just perfectly, they lie. It's like straight strings across the room. Speaking of being stuck somewhere that you don't want to be stuck, you're listening to Booha, (laughs) 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 which is ostensibly a podcast about ghosts, but more often than not is about tangents and uh, operating systems that we like or dislike technical difficulties that we may be having, (laughs) and uh, presidents who either are or we wish were dead. Um, Every week, I drag my nearest and or dearest to the scariest place I can find and regale them with spooky tales of boogers and googers. Boogers? (laughs) The most terrifying thing that comes... No, blood comes out of a nose. The second scariest thing that comes out of a nose. There's a lot that can come out of a nose that is scarier than boogers. Brains, blood... I immediately you know, like, yeah, when you get mummified, they pull your brain out of your nose. I once pulled a, uh, I once pulled a, a ticket to a Packers game out of there. That was pretty frightening. I don't know how that worked. I mean, depending on how, depending on like your team of choice, that sounds like it'd be great. Or maybe if you like really hate the Packers, it is awful. Well, let's do the Super Bowl in uh, in in 2033. <laughs> you got one of those time holes up your nose. Yeah. And it came out right after a newspaper with my obituary in it, so it was... I guess I should have led with that. That was, um... So, you know, ups and downs. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get some tickets, you also learn about your impending demise. Yeah. Uh, and those are the dulcet tones of this week's nearest and or dearest, mm. the hilarious Riley McCarthy. Mm. hello, hello. Welcome. Dulcet. dulcet. Everything about Looting. me is Dulcet. <laughs> Not I, just my I, tones. I have dulcet. I have dulcet skin. 
have mm-hmm. dulcet posture and um, yeah. you know, dulcet Just tendencies. Beautiful, mellifluous, flowing movements and... That's me. Adjectives. I have a, a, a very dulcet autoimmune disorder. I have. T- <laughs> uh, I'm in a dulcet addiction recovery. I'm. <laughs> it's all very dulcet. Dulcet does sound like it could be a a medication for an autoimmune disorder, yeah. and b uh, an addiction recovery like rehab facility. So <laughs> yeah, I, dulcet. I couldn't afford inpatient at dulcet. It's. <laughs> <laughs> is it so like i've i've noticed this this trend with with apartments at least that like the nicer the name uh the rougher go you're gonna have of it where Definitely. it's like where it's like like the 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 nicest apartment i ever lived in was just called like the Glen. yeah you, <laughs> you like, want to live in a place called like scudge <laughs> villa <laughs> like Oh, uh, come on over to beautiful shit furrow. Yeah. <laughs> but when okay. you get up to five, like five thousand know. dollar condo in the grease trap. <laughs> but as soon as you get up to like you know like gray gardens, you're like Ooh, oh no, yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> fuck. <laughs> my neighbors are all possums. I, I wish my laptop wasn't in my backpack as I'm <laughs> walking past uh, pleasant hills. <laughs> <laughs> So, welcome to uh, to Buhaha. This is um, oh, I forgot the the other aspect um, because this is in the Halloween season. Instead of doing like regionally sourced ghosts, we're going to be reading listener submitted ghost stories from Jezebel. Sweet, because they do like a ghost story roundup every year. So hopefully this time we might actually get some vaguely spooky actually things. spooky stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, as opposed to just like you know the. You know, there was a guy in the back seat with a knife, and then I turned on the high beams, and he ducked in. It's like, yeah. fucking get over it. I know. It's like, that it's happened he, 50 it's years like he ago. Just had, Stop talking. He just had a knife? He just had a <laughs> knife? Excuse me, we live in a... What is this, fucking England? You're afraid a of knife? a knife? We should be so lucky. Could you... Was your uh, was your gun at the cleaners? <laughs> that was... I I just rewatched that, um, the 2018 Halloween remake, and, like, it takes place in 2018, and there's, like, a group of, like, you know, modern youths yeah. walking around, and, like, one of them is telling the others about the Michael Myers murders, and the other kid is like, so, wait, some guy murdered three people with a knife in the <laughs> 70s? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like... It's like, eh. there was a shooting at the mall yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I there's I was reading somewhere that like right now London is having like a rash of of knife crimes like people get mugged with knives like constantly and just yeah. like as an American I'm so afraid that I would go to London and get mugged and die because I laughed at them because the idea of <laughs> being assaulted with something other than a gun is so Quaint. yeah charming. <laughs> Oh, you could have stabbed me there with your little <laughs> knife, are oh, you? you brought that from the kitchen, did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm your butter me a scone. Um, yeah, like, it. it's so mind-boggling to be like, yeah, I 
there are places where there, it just doesn't happen. I mean, most places it just doesn't happen. No. But uh, we're up to uh, four shootings a day on average in Portland now. Oh, good. Did you hear that fun, <laughs> fun uh, yes. tidbit from the morning news this week? My my brother is is uh, he he lives in Europe, but he's he's coming back. Um, he's coming for Thanksgiving, and he's going to be in L.A. for a while. And he's like. Yeah, my friend uh, has some family living like Beverly Hills, so we're going to stay with them, which is great, because that seems like, you know, I'm less likely to get shot there. And he's two minutes later, I get a text like, never mind, I just Googled, and the first thing that comes up for Beverly Hills news is three people shot this morning. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not getting the news about the, like, 300,000 people who are just, like, chilling out, you know? <laughs> yeah. The numbers are on your side. If you if you go looking for a shooting in this country, you're going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, speaking of knives, I'm bad at segues. <laughs> you started off with a very good segue at the beginning. It was like a silky smooth transition, and I'm afraid yeah. that you like you you spent your your transition mojo up top, and that was just going to be blunt force <laughs> for the rest of the left show. Left turn, left turn. Uh, case in point, it is a podcast about tangents. Uh, there we um, go. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, drag my guest to the spookiest place I know. Um, this week is the third episode of the Booha Halloween Spooktacular Stravaganza. Ah! <laughs> I just, uh, listeners, you can't see it, but I just pulled a knife. Yeah. <laughs> um, so instead of our standard regional fair, we will be reading spooky tales. Uh, listener submitted spooky tales from jezebel and uh before we get to those uh do tell me riley what are what are your feelings on the spooker natural um i believe in ghosts um i well i mean i'm like i'm just like gullible i believe in <laughs> i believe in the loch ness monster i'm like I'm also, I'm like one of, the, I'm one of those freaky dipshits that like believes in, you know, God or whatever too. So I think maybe I'm just like an unreliable narrator when it comes to uh, reality. <laughs> I love, like, we have had a variety of answers to like, what are your thoughts on the supernatural? Gullible is not one of them. That is entirely new. <laughs> I feel like I believe most things when it comes to uh, like... Or I'm willing to believe most things when it comes to supernatural stuff. Sure. Like, I th I think more than anything, we live in, like, a very subjective, like, existence. And, yeah. like, like reality for each person is very different. And, like, I so I tend to believe people when they tell me, like, supernatural stories. I, I like that angle on it that, like, you know, normally we we tend to look at spooky things as, like, pretty objective where it's, like, you know, is there like a Victorian lady in a white gown in the corner or isn't there? But I, I like the more subjective tack where it's like, I don't know, is the spooky lady real to you? Yeah. <laughs> if so, isn't that all that matters? Right. Yeah. I believe it at the very least as a personal experience. Like, and, yeah. and I also want to believe like, you know, like I think I would rather live in the fucking universe where like our, you know, reality is is kind of malleable and and strange shit comes in and out of our lives every day that we like can and can't perceive to varying levels of degrees well it would be so 
I mean, you know, I would say that functionally, we like day to day, it kind of feels like we live in a world where that's not the case, and it is so boring. Yeah. So like it, you know, any chance you have to get a little bit spooky is always like a welcome, um, a, a welcome distraction from like the the mundanity of of objective reality. Yeah. <laughs> so like, why not believe in like gnomes and trolls and you know pelicans and all that crazy shit? Where is it like? I want to say it's Iceland, where I think like some, something like you know sixty or seventy percent of the population, when polled, is like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, also, and I'm like, also like four percent of the population of Iceland is a troll, a <laughs> gnome, or a goblin. Yeah. The interviewer's like, "Do you believe in trolls?" And the guy's like, "Yes," and he just points <laughs> over there, <laughs> my friend Helmhorp. <laughs> uh, that's a really it's a it's a more fun world if there is spooky things in it and i'm i would call myself uh, a bit more of a, a hopeful skeptic sure but are you superstitious at all i am incredibly superstitious okay but to the point where like you know if i forget to knock on wood or if i don't throw salt over my shoulder or something i pretty quickly rationalize it right where, like my first tendency is to do something superstitious like i have a pair of lucky underwear mm-hmm but, you know, if they're in the laundry, I'm not going to, like, get them out and, like, hand wash them in the sink because otherwise I'm going to get hit by a bus. Right. It's not, it's a, it's a happy, a happy middle ground. Um, so, yeah, you're superstitious, not mentally ill. Yes. To that flavor. That particular flavor. That is, that is not my particular flavor of madness. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, over, overwhelmingly... I, I would say that I'm, I'm a bit more of a hopeful skeptic. Although I will say, every year as we start to get into the spookier season, I find myself, you know, the, the nights draw in, it gets a little bit colder. I have been mainlining horror stories for three months. They've infected my subconscious. Yeah, a little bit more of a believer in the winter, for Word. sure. For sure, yeah. <laughs> it's atmospheric. Yeah, it's, and, and again, like, at the best of times, it's a more interesting universe if things are spooky, but, like, now that we are in a world where, you know, even as things kind of start to open up, it's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not I'm not doing anything. I don't want to go to a fucking movie and, like, die. Uh, I need something to believe in. I need something go. spooky. And it's either this <laughs> or, I don't know, like, religion? Yeah. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. So, uh, gullible slash hopeful slash true believer i'd say yeah i'd say full true believer in a lot of ways fantastic yeah that that puts you that puts you in like i I said i I believe in god i believe in a lot of weird (laughs) shit (laughs) like (laughs) um i love it that puts you in the category of i think it's you um Last week's guest, Zoe Preval, and my mom. Hell yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the three, like, diet in the wool, like, yes. Um, I, would lo- um, I would love to see, like, a, a, a an evil, malevolent ghost try to haunt Zoe Preval. <laughs> it would just be... <laughs> just super chipper, like, do you want to hang out? <laughs> like, she's so positive like, and the, bubbly. <laughs> The ghost just like immediately like just slumps for like this is impossible. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, no, Zoe is like a bright shining light in the darkness and like woe to any ghost that tries yeah, right. to haunt her. Good luck. <laughs> uh, that's also, so, it's sort of like, I, I would put myself in the category of like, you know, the, the atheist who isn't an atheist in a foxhole, probably. Um, <clears throat> but like, do you get the impression that because you are so willing to believe that like the ghosts leave you alone? You know, maybe that's part of it. Because I haven't, like, although I believe, I haven't really had much experience yeah. myself. But I'm also very superstitious. I own a black cat because they're they're said to, like, keep ghosts at bay. Yeah. And I do believe that. <laughs> I feel like... Based on the fact that I'm not swamped by phantasms, yeah. it works. He's doing his job. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was... Um, I, I had my mom on a while back when she visited and she was saying that like she feels that she never gets to see the ghosts directly mm -hmm. like she's full believer like lives in a haunted house uh but the ghosts just like leave her alone it's it's like a dog who can smell fear where it's like yeah they're fine they're already on board yeah um and i i feel like the same where i'm like they know that i'm terrified of them so they're not gonna invest the effort yeah to, like like haunt me <laughs> like i see it as like i'm a huge professional wrestling fan and i love trying to convince people who've never watched wrestling to watch wrestling but when i when i meet someone who like does watch it i'm like oh cool i don't have anything to say to you <laughs> <laughs> they're like trying to talk to me about who's my favorite and i'm like yeah it's whatever <laughs> it's like how i imagine that that like hardcore christians like when they're in a room together they just sit quietly because yeah. they're like Mission accomplished, right? Mission accomplished. Make eye contact and like, I know, uh -huh. right? Right? Until <laughs> uh -huh. uh -huh. the non-believer shows up and it's like, ah. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we'll see if any of the stories that we have prepared tonight are scarier than just like the idea of being locked in a room with two hardcore Christians. Um, <laughs> it's a high bar to set, but we'll see. Um, so, as I said, we are we are in the thrall of our spook tacky stravaganza we are knee deep in jezebel's listener submitted scary stories i have pulled together a curated list and i'm going to give you a couple um and you can let me know if any strike your fancy okay uh we have you finally found out Ooh. are you a bad ghost <laughs> I'm gonna add a parenthetical there and say non-sexual. That is not a <laughs> who's a naughty ghost. It's not, it's not that. Um, uh, sleepaway camp, trespassing, fire. <laughs> is there an exclamation point on that one? <laughs> I didn't write it down, but I should have. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the red house okay these all sound like uh perfumes by like demeter or like some <laughs> bougie <laughs> boutique um, red barn <laughs> um hmm what was the first one again uh the first one was you finally found out that one sounds that i, I that one sounds mysterious and a little bit right. like it's a good scary name like they did a good job naming that one Anything, any title where it's like, oh, somebody's learned something that they weren't supposed to. You're like, no. oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be spooky. You finally found out. Uh, long before I was born, my parents were renting a house in a different part of our state. My mother ne never really liked the place. Something just seemed off 
to her. This feeling still hadn't gone away, even after a couple months of living there. And in fact, as time went on, she began to feel ever more ill at ease. She chalked it up to paranoia. Uh, sounds like carbon monoxide to me? Just Yeah, it sounds like you moved into a shitty apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I've had that feeling many times, and there was nothing (laughs) paranormal involved. (laughs) Yeah, it's like uh, every time I walk on this part of the floor, there's like a squishing noise. Yeah, there's something off. The refrigerator keeps breaking. The it doesn't hold heat well. Um... (laughs) (laughs) The kitchen. It's like the apartment that I'm in now. Like the kitchen, in for like seven months out of the year, is just ten degrees cold. Yeah than the rest of the apartment. And it's not because of ghosts. It's because they didn't put insulation in the fucking walls. I keep hearing the sound of sounds of rats and smelling (laughs) the scent of rats and seeing the physical bodies of running rats. I keep seeing these little, I guess it's ecto, like tiny brown ectoplasms. (laughs) Little pellets of ectoplasm. (laughs) I guess when it dries, it it hardens into a pellet of spooky ghost feces. Yeah, so it's a shitty apartment, okay. and um, mom is trying to. So this it sounds like the. So to get my 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 grip on the, the the tense of this story, this is something that happened before this person was born. Yes. So they're telling a story. Or, yes, long before I was born. <clears throat> okay. So this is this is this is a a, a so late is a, night a, mom a story. second hand. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, fair point. We don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it's all in third person except for the first sentence. Yes. Okay. My, maybe maybe mom's a fucking liar. We okay. don't know. We just don't know. <clears throat> my father's schedule was shifted, and he was placed on night duty. The first night my mom was due to be alone in the house, she had a terrible anxiety attack. Something bad was around her. She could just tell. And she had to call a friend to stay the night with her. The next day, my dad kidded her about being such a wuss. Cool. Cool dad. Great friend. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? You're scared for your life in a new and unfamiliar home? Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, his, her mom was fucking this friend. Let's... <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> she had to have her very, very, very sexual friends stay over. The worst um, cover-up for an affair ever. I was very scared of the ghost, so my <laughs> tennis instructor came yeah. to stay with me, and uh, now I have to do all the laundry. We, that's, the and he, he, he brought over holy water. That looks like massage oil. <laughs> no, it's a holy balm. It's frankincense, I think. It's these crosses <laughs> are silicone, but they... Do you know that myrrh smells a lot like cum, <laughs> turns out. Anyway... <laughs> Yo, babes night. love it when your cum smells like myrrh, dude. You gotta eat, you gotta eat myrrh so your cum, dude. I'm telling you. Oh, so my pandemic ho- getting back into the hobby has been making perfume. It's, like I've been getting back into it. Has been sampling and different foods to see what my cum just, will taste like. I ate myrrh for a month. Um, yeah, no, I have a bottle of myrrh here, of myrrh like oil here. And just the idea of getting that anywhere near my mouth, <laughs> like, it could make my cum taste like a fucking Krispy Kreme. Not worth it. I, have, I used to take myrrh tincture, and I don't know why. 
I just lived with hippies who told me I should take myrrh. <laughs> huh. I mean, I, I guess it would be antimicrobial. It's for something. It's, there's I a reason like... we have myrrh. <laughs> I... I th- you, it's forgiving to the Lord. Is that it? <laughs> yep, that's all. <laughs> no, Trader Joe's it's like has an like NFT a... from biblical times. <laughs> like... <laughs> Thanks, I, I have this now. Yeah. I love it. And only you have that, Mer Christ. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking sticky. You're not getting it off of anything. Um... <laughs> all right, I'm going to have to dilute some myrrh later and give it a try. Um... And Avalon died. Uh, before my dad left for work the next night, my mother sheepishly placed a large pair of sharp sewing shears. Sharp sewing shears under her pillow. She said she felt embarrassed, because of course it was all just her imagination. She said, moving on to now gaslighting herself. <laughs> <laughs> she had considered a knife, but figured that that was too silly. She just wanted something, just to focus on, really, that could help calm her nerves when she went to bed. When she did, she had a nightmare. A nightmare that was very intense. The kind where you don't even know if it's a dream or not. She said that in the dream, she got up to go to the bathroom. And as she was on her way back to the bedroom, the dream her suddenly Mm. started to feel a tingling sensation all over. Then she couldn't breathe. At first in the dream, she was calm. But her breathing wasn't coming. She tried swallowing and felt a hard pressure against her throat. A hand pushing that wouldn't let go. Then the pressure jumped and was under her jawline, squeezing so that her whole neck was collapsing inward. She fell to her knees, and she was suddenly aware that she was making a gurgling noise. For some reason, she said it felt like she wanted to retch her... Jesus. For some reason, she said she felt like she wanted to retch out her tongue just so she could get some more air in. There was a throbbing in her ears, and the hallway started to tilt. She didn't know why, but she was overcome with only one thought, that she had to get to the bedroom. She began crawling along the hall on her knees, propelling herself by her elbows, still choking and gasping. The carpet burned her skin as she crawled, and she felt as if she were underwater, every slight movement met by resistance. Finally, she made it to the bedroom. Despite her best attempts to calm herself, her heart was beating so hard it had physically started to hurt as well. Suddenly, whatever had her neck tightened to the point where she heard a cracking sound, and she thought, I'm going to die. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Wait, this is all still in the dream? This is a okay. rough fucking dream. This is a like, dream this that is... this person's mom told them about. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> if this whole horror there's... story is in a dream that their mom told me, I'm going to be so mad at you, Avalon. <laughs> I hope that I hope that there's like a wrap-up. It's not just like, anyway, and then I woke up, and uh, I made breakfast, and uh, that's all. I'm, fi- I'm fixated on the scissors detail, and my I feel like she's going to wake up with, like, crisp, very hip bob bangs. <laughs> that's going to be the payoff for all this. <clears throat> I mean, no, having started cutting my own hair during the pandemic... If I had to suffer through, like, being choked almost to death in a dream in order to have somebody cut my bangs for me, that sounds great. <laughs> That's worth it. That's, like, I'm just going to fuck it up. So if the ghost has got it on lock, great. Do what you got to do, <laughs> bud. <laughs> Listen, if you got to choke me out to get this job done, 
I'm just, I'm going to sleep in like scoop neck leotards, yeah. like just really getting it out there. I, st- I still feel safer <clears throat> having that happen to me than having some unmasked yuppie named Stefan breathe down my neck <laughs> in the Pearl District. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I hated get, getting my hair cut at, uh, even when there wasn't a, a risk of, well, they have scissors, there's always a risk of death, but you know, yeah. you know what I mean. Mm. Um, it's even less fun now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so her heart is beating so hard that it physically hurt and her neck cracked and she thinks to herself, this is it, I'm going to die. Um, and this thought gave her dream self a surge of adrenaline. She thrust her arm up onto the bed and grabbed under her pillow. And that's when she woke up. The sun was coming up and there was fresh light in the room. She was drenched in sweat and lay in the bed for about half an hour, too shocked to move. When she finally convinced herself to get up and she swung her legs out from under the blanket, she felt a stinging, sore sensation. And looking down, she saw the worst carpet burns she had ever seen in her life. Layers of skin had peeled off of her legs and small streaks of blood were on her pink skin. Mm -hmm. It was only after she'd slowly made her way around the bed towards the door that she found out what had happened to the sewing shears. They were stuck three inches deep into the wall above the bed. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) How's that for just my imagination, Dad? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking asshole. Um, Come on. uh, My mom packed her bags and then moved in with her sister before my dad even got home. She refused to go back into the house no matter how much my dad complained about the cost of getting out of their lease. Oh, boo-hoo. Fuck you. <laughs> um, He's like, it's just a skinned knee. <laughs> this is another long line of dads not being impressed by skinned knees. As he's actively, like, troweling, spackling yeah, the scissor holes in the drywall. It's fine. <laughs> I've been meaning to patch this up anyway. Go rub some dirt on it. (laughs) Um, Eventually, my dad gave in and called the landlord, ready for a fight. Dad sounds Dad sounds fucking awful. (laughs) Dad sounds like there's some issue. I mean, something tells me Dad is always ready for a fight. (laughs) (laughs) Something tells me that is uh, kind of the stasis. Equilibrium the, the, point. Yeah, the, the the standard setting for dad is <laughs> fuck you. Um, what what she didn't say is like I woke up and saw the scissors buried three inches deep in the wall next to all of the fist marks that my husband <laughs> yeah. left. Um, so, um, <clears throat> calls the landlord ready for a fight. He was surprised when the landlord relented and gave him a get out that barely cost anything at all. Hmm. Landlord said, well, I guess you finally found out. Found out, my dad said. Well, it turned out that about five years earlier, a woman had been found dead in the house. The coroner ruled it a homicide, saying that she'd been strangled to death. And the woman's boyfriend, who claimed that he wasn't anywhere nearby at the time, was arrested and convicted. Damn. Yo, fucking landlord, don't tip your hand. Don't... (laughs) Did you just become a scumbag landlord yesterday? Never, ever divulge information to a tenant. 
So <laughs> landlord you legally who, like, have to. The landlord who like went to the the Scooby Doo school <laughs> yeah. of of like. I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for the ghost that tries to choke women at night. (laughs) 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 When I asked my mom about it, she said, I know that the boyfriend didn't do it. And that's why I always tell your dad that I saved his life. Because I did. I saved my own life as well. But more importantly, I saved him from having to spend the rest of his life in prison. Okay. I guess. Because. Oh, so like. He would have been, like, framed by the ghost. Yeah, it's one of those. Husband did it. That was the the first draft of The Fugitive, actually. (laughs) I didn't kill my wife. I'm looking for for the one armed ghost! The one armed ghost! Just throw some sewing scissors out of that hole in that dam. Um, Okay. End of story, by the way. Okay. Um, Weird ending with the... (laughs) I feel like there's... This person has a lot of baggage to unpack about their father. (laughs) About their father, and then I guess also... Like at that point, their mom, because it's it, like the wrap up. It sounds like she's keeping score. And she's like, and that's why I tell him that I saved your life. Because if not, you know, you woulda, you woulda spent spent uh, your life in jail. Yeah. So, um. So yeah, this relationship doesn't sound great. No. no. But was it scary? Um, I'd say that was <laughs> it was decently scary. It was like well detailed. Yeah. Um, it, I, they really got into the you know, neck trauma. Yeah. Like I was, I, I would give it a solid B plus on spookiness. Cause I, I was like, I actually didn't want to interrupt that much. Like I didn't want to, like I was holding back my wrist cause I was like a little bit enthralled. <laughs> this is one of the, one of the things that we run into with the Halloween episodes. And I'm still kind of trying to figure out the equilibrium on it. Yeah. It's like, you know, I think the better the story is, the less, the less like primo riffs we're gonna have because you're just sitting there being like what the fuck happened next yeah. where the scissors go um you know you can't be like wackity schmackity yeah, oh um, um <laughs> i yeah i would say the only like improvement and can i give them listen i'm a writer um <laughs> if i could give you a got note, notes if i could give a note um <laughs> it, it, listen People don't like hearing about dreams, and yeah. people really don't like hearing about someone else's dream that you heard about one time. It, it's such a dangerous thing to start telling yeah. someone about a dream. If you're going to like submit a ghost story that happened to your mom, just say it happened to you. Listen, 90% of the people reading aren't going to believe you in the first place. <laughs> just put it in first person. <laughs> it's like... If if you if you can't get rid of the dream act uh, aspect from the story, at least remove that that second degree of separation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah right, right there with you. Um, also, on that note, it really feels like if there was ever to be proof of like a cruel and malevolent god, uh, it would be an entity that gives us the power to like invent bizarre 
surreal magical stories eight hours a day but then as soon as you go to tell somebody about them like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, because i think at this point that story that we just heard might be the closest thing to an interesting dream that i have ever heard yeah i mean i get it and i was like i was still paying attention because i know like I've seen a movie before. I know they're going to wake up and there's going to be some crazy manifestation of the dream. And I, sure. I like that payoff. But, like, my... my, I was, like, fighting off my brain's, like... <laughs> like, protective impulses <laughs> to just shut down when I hear someone the, describing a dream. The, the dream firewall starts to go up. Um... It's yeah, it's such a bummer. God, wouldn't it be great if 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 we had the ability as a species to tell somebody about our dreams and have it be interesting? Yeah, um, be a better world. Um, then okay, I I completely agree with you. I think that that's the one thing where I'm like somebody's mom standing in the kitchen being like, "Well, when I was younger, I had this dream about a strangling." <laughs> that's just oh. the mom's repressed '70s trauma. <laughs> I know. It's like out. <laughs> And then he gave my mom a hug and said, Mom, that wasn't a ghost. That's why That's why Dad's in jail Yeah, that's, that's why we <laughs> no, don't no, see no. him anymore. The, the ghost of the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, as with any story that I assume happened in, in the 70s, uh, it, it could also just be repressed trauma. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that said, you know, we... we, we always rate the stories um on a scale of one to five some things of our choosing uh i'm i'm gonna give that one three and a half out of five fist shaped holes in the wall okay um i'm gonna give that one i'll give it i'll be a little nice i'm gonna give it a four out of five crushed windpipes <laughs> Of, like, four moms, or is it one mom with four <laughs> with windpipes? Four windpipes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> My mother, the Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. That's, that's a, it's a good solid start. Um, uh, all right, well, then in that case, I don't know, I feel like since that was a shorty, we could probably do, do a second one before we switch. Cool. Um, can I, yeah. can we pause so I can run to the bathroom really quick? Absolutely. I've been mainlining seltzer. Okay. Um, (laughs) Commercial break. Uh, Check out these (laughs) other podcasts on Subwallow Media. Murder. Mayhem. Destruction of property. What are you doing? It's the new ad for Afternoonified. I heard the kids these days like those things. Okay, but we talk about more than just murder and mayhem. I mean, we also do science, there's paranormal, history, other weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay. Murder. Mayhem. History. Science. Basic civics sometimes. Afternoonified releases wherever you get your podcasts every Wednesday on the Soblo Media Network. I've never been able to record a podcast or Twitch or anything without taking at least one bathroom break. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. The only times that I've been able to do it is when we have been recording at the cemetery, and I'm like, well, I can't. I can't in good conscience pee in the cemetery. 
I've peed in that cemetery many times. I think I've peed in that cemetery. But, like, I've peed, you I've peed in that cemetery. You just have to find the most racist-sounding name. <laughs> um, or the oldest, because you can assume that person, probably. They've probably moved on. Yeah. Or, no, I was going to say they probably have some, you know, regressive ideas about, you know, Jewish people or just gay st- people. Statistically, this person is probably, probably problematic. It's 400 years ago. Uh, they at the very least don't like understand proper pronoun use, and I can. <laughs> there's like there's one. <clears throat> I felt so bad because there's there's one grave there that is perfect. Yeah. Because it is like a tiny little flat on the ground gravestone, but when the person died, they planted a fucking redwood. At each corner of the gravestone. <laughs> and so now there's just four fucking redwoods. Each one, like, there's, yeah. like, two feet of space between them. So you could just sidle in mm-hmm. there, be away from the world. Um, but I'm like, well, that's... Yeah. It's the nicest grave, too, where I'm like, oh, this nice. one's really pretty. I don't want to piss on this one. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was perfect. They put this... They had this vase installed on the... <laughs> It's like, Avalon, those that, are for flowers. <laughs> maybe that's a good metric. Like, which they just Because there's the, the vase return area yeah. as you as you walk mm. through. So you could just go grab a vase, <laughs> take it over to a tree, pee in that, and then pour it out. And then you're, you know, you're, you're not. That somehow feels more disrespectful than just pissing on a grave. For, <laughs> I, I think the more premeditative meditated it, it is, the, the more disrespectful. It's, I guess, also because the vases are, like, in common use. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's, yeah, that's. <laughs> oh, Grandma, this smells like piss. <laughs> I usually just go across the street and piss directly on the window of that corner store on 20th. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they, 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 they can take it. It's fine. They're not cleaning the window anyway. No. They're helping. Let's see. Then, uh, yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you one, one more before we switch over. I cool. feel like that one was kind of a shorty. Sounds good. Um, uh. You want a refresher on the list? Yes. All right, so we have, you finally found out, just did that one. Um, are you a bad ghost? Okay. Uh, camp, trespassing, fire, and the red house. Um, the ones that are calling out to me are, are you a bad ghost and the red house? Um, okay. I think are you a bad ghost, although it sounds like a silly name. It has potential to be frightening. I think you, you've you've found a, a pretty solid strategy there. Um, generally speaking, the scarier the title, the worse the story's yeah. going to be. Yeah. And vice versa, too. Where it's like, like last week with Zoe, we read one called Quack, and it was horrible. Like, it was like, there's a like ghost of a dead kid choking under a table, oh, and God. there's another... Yeah. That's a, so let's go, that's... With, let's go with Are You a Bad Ghost? Are you a bad ghost? Yeah. <laughs> Try not to make that sound. Oh, no, I love that. Can you do the whole story <laughs> are you, like that? Are you a, are you a bad ghost? <laughs> I thought I would share a story of my dad. <laughs> I'm into it. I want to hang out with this guy. Where's his podcast? Our family has many stories where none of us can quite explain it. That's gonna, that's giving me a headache. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you're turning purple. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to put my entire head under pressure to, to do that. Um, so our family has many stories where none of us can quite explain what was happening. And to non-skeptics, 
We believe that we are definitely clairvoyant to some degree. Mm. I'm like, I'm open, but as soon as somebody's like, I'm definitely clairvoyant, yeah. I'm like... Mm. Fucking back up. Cool off. Are you? <laughs> That's like as the same tenor of say, of someone saying like, and I'm like not someone who's into like drama or, or like, <laughs> I'm not someone who's into like they say as they pick up yeah. a brick to throw through a Starbucks yeah, window. I don't I don't talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about Susan is that she's a fucking bitch. Yeah, exactly. Um sorry, Susan. I'm not sorry. Susan knows what <laughs> she did. My ter- my parents tell me stories from when I was younger, and though I'm not as tuned into it as they are, um this story from my dad's days growing up in a small town outside of Toronto still scares me. The boys in the story, many of them now my fathers and grandfathers, refuse to discuss what happened unless they're all together, have had a few beers, and the lights are all turned on. So, Other... most of the time in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> that is any time after 3 p.m. between the months of uh, August and March in Canada. <laughs> We have to be uh, we have to be completely surrounded by a little igloo of Molsons <laughs> to tell this story. Um, uh, yeah, that's it's really not narrowing it down. They will just tell fucking anybody. Um, there's two parts to this story. In the first one, my dad and his friends had gathered in the basement of Jason's house. Names changed for privacy, and they were doing what kids did at that time: smoking cigarette butts that they stole from ashtrays and playing with games and toys. <laughs> I love the idea that someone would hear this ghost story and track someone down. (laughs) Thank God they changed the name. Jason smoked cigarette butts (laughs) and played games? Um, Yeah, he's going to get hunted down. Um, One of the boys had found a Ouija board, and with little else to do, they decided to play with it. Playing around with it, they asked, is there a ghost down here? The Ouija board said yes. The boys laughed, thinking that this was all in good fun. Are you a nice ghost or a bad ghost? The Ouija board again said yes. Jason smacked the question asker in the back of the head, explaining that they needed to ask a single question. (laughs) Are you a nice ghost? No. The boys got quiet, and one of the lights in the basement let out a loud pop. And that corner went dark. Now, this was the mid-60s, and it was pre-World War I house, so light bulbs are going to pop. Are they? I don't think so. <laughs> like, that's... That, <laughs> I feel like if your light bulb uh, Back in the popping, day, things just exploded sometimes! <laughs> you know when sometimes the kitchen would just be on fire? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess it was, it was a different time. Okay. Lawn darts still existed, like, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Turning back to the board, they asked, Are you a bad ghost? Yes. A second light popped on the opposite side of the room, leaving only one light above the boy's head. What's your name? Fucking move out from under the last light. (laughs) I feel like this one's going to go now. We've established a pattern. Uh, I don't know if this ghost is gonna is gonna subscribe to the comedy rule of threes, and maybe the third one will subvert the pattern and like. What? A, yeah. One of the lights will turn back on, or something wacky like that. We asked the third question, and a wardrobe fell over on Bobby. <laughs> Eric's head popped. 
<laughs> and then light bulbs came out of all of our mouths. Um, <laughs> they so they asked the ghost its name. They watched. Do you think the there's started. a sorry uh, panel on a Canadian Ouija board? Has that joke been made? <laughs> <laughs> it's yes, no, and then right in the middle, sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's right above the one that just says, like, take a drink. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's good. Our new merch is just going to be Canadian Ouija boards. <laughs> um, so they watched as, as the board started spelling out letters, and eventually it said William. Um, William, the boy holding the planchette yelled out, and they felt a flood of air surge through the room. The next part, none of them can explain. Arguably, parts before that, also inexplicable, but okay. The air moved the Ouija board across the room. Huh. And all... That's too much air to be moving <laughs> in a closed basement. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm, picture that. The air... <laughs> oh, yeah. It feels like what they're saying is, like, there was air, like, there was wind, but then also the Ouija board flew across the room. Okay. Um... That's what I'm going to assume. Yeah, that's phrased yeah. incredibly cryptically. <laughs> the air moved the board across the room. Um, the boy stood up and backed across the room, staring at the lone mirror standing there. Only they didn't see their reflection. They saw an older man with dark black eyes and a long beard staring back at them. He was wearing heavy framed circular glasses. They all started yelling, go away. <laughs> And the wall, the, the mirror slid off the wall and shattered just before the last light exploded. There you go. Rule of threes. We got, we got there. Um, the boys ran back upstairs and refused to play in Jason's basement ever again. Good. Don't. Yeah. Don't. It's a bad basement. I don't know what to tell you. Like, no good. Um, flash forward to many years later, Jason's mom had sold the house and moved across town and Jason and my dad were left to pack up the home. That included the basement. Uh, my dad was loading boxes, and people had been in and out all day <clears> helping. <throat> uh, he headed down into the basement to start packing up down there and saw a man standing by a washboard. Not doing anything, just standing there. Naturally, he asked the man if he could lend a hand. <laughs> Canadian. Uh, why don't you help out? <laughs> Do you, huh? <laughs> well, can I do that you for you there, buddy? Just around there? <laughs> Want another Molson? <laughs> um, uh, asked the man if he could lend a hand. The man just stared at him. He seemed a bit oddly lit, but my dad chalked it up to the basement lights. We know how fucked up those lights are in the basement. We got those first-generation Edison bulbs down there. <laughs> yeah, right. The man said nothing, so my dad continued grabbing boxes and taking them upstairs. He saw Jason and told him there's some weird old man downstairs. Jason went white as a sheet and said, The moving truck isn't back yet. There's nobody here but us. They both went back downstairs and saw the same man. Only now, he was walking slowly from corner to corner in the basement with his back turned to them. I don't like that, yeah. particularly. Not a fan. Um... Uh, excuse me, sorry, who are you, <laughs> Jason hey said. Hey there. <laughs> uh, hey, buddy, um, Jason asked. The man stopped walking and started screaming. 
My dad described it as a deep. Fuck you. I wasn't looking at the screen and didn't expect that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that was genuinely terrifying. I hope that the listeners are equally uh, spookified. Uh, yeah, but he does say, starts as a deep yelling that got louder and higher pitched as it went on. So you are not wrong. Um, sort of like a, like a tea kettle screeching on a hot stove. Both of them couldn't find their feet and they stood there. And suddenly all at once... Everything stopped, just as quickly as it had started. They turned to look at each other and back at the figure, only instead of being at the other end of the hall, it was standing right in front of them. Oof. They could smell something that reminded them of sick. Gross. Um, they could see every line on this man's face, but there were no eyes. They finally turned to run and let the movers return to do the rest of the work. They only, stared, they only shared single glances and they were reminded of that night as children when they are sure that they saw the same man there in the basement. Jesus. <sighs> when Jason was unpacking boxes, he found an old photo album, and flipping through it, he saw a picture that he had never seen before. Wait, they stayed in the house? Oh, no, this is a new house. Unpacking. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you, 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 two strikes in your eyes. I assume you don't like the, the Mounties were called. <laughs> Horses can't go downstairs. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no! Oh, All those Canadian basement, basement crimes. That's out of basement crime. We can't. That's can't out of our jurisdiction. That. There. <laughs> Just, well, what we can do is we can shoot into the basement, or we can light it on fire. <laughs> um, uh, unpacking saw a photo album. There's a photo in it that he had never seen before. Uh, his mother told him that it was his great-uncle William who had lived in that house a long time ago. William had gone crazy and drowned two of his three children uh, in that house, and when his great-aunt Shirley came home, she found him in the basement where he had hung himself. But on his face were scratches where he had clawed out his eyes. Ugh, there's no doubt in their minds that they had seen William, and one of the reasons that Jason's mom had finally decided to move was that basement. All right, fair enough. Um, quite often she would find water all over the bathroom, which she assumed was faulty plumbing. But knowing that that was the bathroom where he drowned his children, maybe not. I don't think I would notice if there was... <laughs> well, that's the one room where... You kind of expect water to be. <laughs> There's just water here. It's uh, Where could it's, it have come it's from? It's coming out of here. It's coming out of here. And when I press down <laughs> on this lever, it swirls in there. <laughs> like, I live I live alone. And the number of times I like walk into the bathroom, I'm like, yeah, fucking the water, come on. Yeah. And I'm just like, I must have showered and didn't, you know, put the... Put the bath mat down. Oh, yeah, this is a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I, I could be, like, act two of, you know, the ring or the grudge. Like, yeah. I'm just, you know, surrounded by some sort of Japanese water demon. Mm. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but I guess, you know, I, maybe if you knew that it was, like, a drowning bathtub, you'd be more... <laughs> this is one of those drowning bathtubs. This is one of those tubs where children die. <laughs> The, it was more affordable than a claw foot. <laughs> we got a, we got a great hand. deal on the drowning bathtub. It's like, yeah, in fairness, a 
a child has died in the bathtub, but they died in a different bathroom. We got it second hand. So, <laughs> yeah. And listen, I'm, really? I'm six four. This drowning bathtub has spacious light room. <laughs> These, you know, the clawfoots, you really have to hunch you up. You can drown like eight kids in here, shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> Same time. Get them in there like sardines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a, a value at twice the ghosts. Um, yeah, I, that's that's spooky. I don't like anything that happens in a basement. Yeah, say. that one. Yeah, that was like two, two equally spooky stories. With like a nice well, bit like, of horrifying yeah. connective tissue. The, when they um, first described the man in the mirror, I was positive they were describing Elton John. So I was kind of <laughs> waiting for that to show back up. <laughs> the f- fancy coat and the big round glasses. <laughs> Just a bunch of kids running up the running up the stairs screaming, He had such a supple wrist. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do you think so, you know proper Ouija board etiquette, you always close the board yeah. afterward. Duh. Uh, do you think that... I mean, they obviously didn't. They just ran out of there screaming because they're idiots. Yeah. Um, Canadian idiots. Do you think that that's why William... I mean, he's obviously not doing well generally, uh, but do you think that he's just been standing there like a broken video game character, just like walking and <laughs> walking from corner to corner for 40 years, being like, release Waiting me. to de-res. Um, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, close the board. Like, yeah. Do you believe in Ouija boards at all? I, it's like they're I, made by Milton Bradley, so a lot of people I are know. like... It's, and like, you know, it. it when they were first brought out it wasn't to talk to ghosts the idea was that you would like talk to your like loved ones who are far away mm-hmm. or your like your relatives who are like in the wars or whatever yeah. um that said i don't know i mean you know phones weren't built to talk to ghosts but i, I sure have read a lot of stories where people have ghosts on their phones yeah. so i mean i kind of believe in ouija boards because like if you put yourself in the ghost perspective and you're, like, trying to communicate to someone, and then you see someone bust out a Ouija board, and you're like, oh, shit, this is Finally. the one thing on their end <laughs> where well, like, they will pay attention. <laughs> yeah, somebody's finally walked, because, like, otherwise it's like, oh, the plant moved as yeah. I walked by. Or, like, well, what does that mean? Um, and, like, so many of those, you know, ghost hunting shows, I, I know it's all bullshit, but the things that seem to get the most reproducible spooky activity is, like, you know, unscrewing the flashlight so it's just barely making contact. It The through line seems to be that ghosts aren't physically very strong. No. And so, like, having something light that they can no. kind of nudge is helpful. I know what you're saying so, is that ghosts are, are, are big cuck wimps. They're beta. I was about to say. They're beta <laughs> fucking cucks. That... Yeah, beta cuck soy boys. Yeah. Um, Never lifted yeah. a weight or eaten a steak in their life. <laughs> they all all, um, all ghosts are are graphic designers. Um, <laughs> well, look, as a graphic designer, I will just say I've been dead for ten years. <laughs> this is where you find out, like I didn't survive the pandemic. I just oh no! <laughs> um, yeah, I would say, and like I've I've played around with some Ouija boards, and you know, ostensibly talked to someone or something, and felt kind of spooky. Yeah. I've I haven't been haunted as a result of that. Sure. I, yeah, you know, as the curtains wave around yeah. behind me. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that one's spooky. I'm gonna give that any of that a solid three out of three exploded light bulbs. <laughs> cool. I'll give that one. I'll give that one. Not to be repetitive, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it four out of five Rocket Mans. <laughs> uh, um, it is gonna be a long, long time. Yeah. Until William can <laughs> find peace in the beyond. Um, all right. Well, cool. I think that that's that's a we have two good, solid, spooky contenders. Yeah. Let's um, let's uh, let's swap and 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 try for a third. Um, which one am I going to? pick um i i think i'm going to go with uh camp because i don't know i like i love the forest and i love nature but have you ever heard that it's there's this clip of like Werner herzog talking about the jungle and he's like you know i talk to kinski and kinski says that he finds the jungle so erotical and i see nothing erotic i see it more full of obscenity it's just and nature here is vile and base i wouldn't see anything erotical here i would see fornication and asphyxiation and choking and fighting for survival and growing and just rotting away of course there's a lot of misery but it is the same misery that is all around us the trees here are in misery and the birds are in misery. I don't think they, they sing, they just screech in pain. It's an unfinished country. It's still prehistorical. The only thing that is lacking is, is the dinosaurs here. It's like a curse weighing on an entire landscape. And whoever goes too deep into this has his share of that curse. So we are cursed with what we are doing here. It's a land that God, if he exists, has, has created in anger. It's the only land where, where creation is unfinished yet. Taking a close look at, at what's around us, there, there is some sort of a harmony. It is the harmony of overwhelming and collective murder. And we, in comparison to the articulate vileness and baseness and obscenity of all this jungle. Uh, we, in comparison to that enormous articulation, we only sound and look like badly pronounced and half-finished sentences out of a stupid suburban novel, a cheap novel. And we have to become humble in front of this overwhelming misery and overwhelming fornication, overwhelming growth and overwhelming lack of order. Even the, the stars up here in the, in the sky look like a mess. There is no harmony in the universe. We have to get acquainted to this idea that there is no real harmony as we have conceived it. But when I say this, I say this all full of admiration for the Changi. It is not that I hate it. I love it. I love it very much. But I love it against my better judgment. What? Werner Herzog was a bummer about something? 
<laughs> well, and it's really fun because he ends it and he, he's like, and I, I, it's not that I do not love the jungle. I do. I, I love it very much. He's so angry saying it. And he's like, but I love it against my better instincts. Uh, and that's how I feel about the woods and the forest and, and, um, I love I love camping a bunch, but at the same time, eek, terrifying. What well, nothing is more scary than the forest. Um, all right, perfect. Then uh, yeah, let's 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 do uh, let's do spooky camp. Sweet. I I assume it's a spooky camp, but it's not just like camp like Elton John camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. Just like a lot of Rocky Horror Picture Show style, like <laughs> costuming and <laughs> it's, it's a lot of like you know sequined top hats. <laughs> um. So wait, are you sending this to me in the in the message on the thing? Oh yeah, I, th- I threw it in a messenger. Okay, cool. Um, camp. As a kid, I went to summer camp every year in the mountains of western North Carolina, near Asheville and Pisgah National Forest. Um, I used to live, uh, like, I might know exactly what summer camp no they're way. talking about. Yeah. So we, we accidentally did, like, a local ghost. You accidentally did a local ghost. I think, because I, um, I, I used to live, like, just west of Asheville, and um, there was a summer camp in like the Pisgah National Forest that I went to one time like for Did you write this story? This might be wait, am I the ghost in this? <laughs> it's like they start describing the ghost. We were we were haunted by a a gangly the apparition of a gangly man with a in a, with in a, a shag a shag haircut and a a limp like he was malnourished uh Weren't, was it you who were telling me about like the, the period of your life where you were just wandering around in a fur coat? That was me, yeah. Yes. It was yeah, when I was so living in Nashville, I found a fur coat in the dumpster of a coat store, and I wore a fur coat like as my daily wear. Uh, I love yeah, it. I, it was, as somebody who's still looking for a fur coat that fits It was me. my daily wear was, was fishnets, a tank top, and a, a, a ankle-length fur coat. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a picture to send you. I, yeah. Well, well, please do. That is speaking of Rocky Horror Picture yeah, Show. No, well, I looked like I looked like a like a, a, a like a street vagrant in like a, a gay panic scene in an eighties action movie, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like someone that Arnold Schwarzenegger would beat up on the way to like a, a bigger villain. <laughs> yes, on the way to the, the spaceport to get his ass to Mars. Exactly. Um, Love it. Okay. Uh, beginning at age 12, campers have the option of going on three-week outing in the wilderness, typically along the southern half of the Appalachian Trail, rather than living on the summer campgrounds. When I was 13... My best friend from home, who had never attended the camp before, was sent with me on one of these treks at the behest of his mother. His mom was like, get it, you gotta get him out. <laughs> we live with you all year round. You need to leave. <laughs> this kid does nothing. <laughs> you gotta get him into the woods. Um, I, I, I'm picturing, what's his name, that, that uh, glasses kid from like Adam's Family Values, like that... The, I'll send you. Um, oh, the the, the 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 like offensive Jewish caricature. Um. Absolutely yes. Um, the one, the, yeah, the one the who's really, allergic to sunlight. The really anti-Semitic uh, character yes. from Absolute Values. 
Oh, God. You know, it's such a shame, too, because I go back and watch it, and uh, the rest of that camp It's shit, a great when... movie. But, but then that Fucking... every line that kid had is like, Hoi, Gloven, I, 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 I spilled schmutz on my, on my bagel. Like, it's like, Jesus. Yeah. You're like, God, oh, this yeah. is really... And weirdly, that kid's parents... Not like the kid's mom was like like buxom blonde, and the dad was like that guy who you remember as like asshole from every eighties yeah. movie, like All American Jock. And I'm like, so was he adopted or like what is? Anyway. Well, back in the nineties, people thought that you could contract Judaism. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, sh- well, shout out to my mom uh, who converted three years ago. That would seem to be the case. Oh yeah, <laughs> good for her. Love a love a late in life uh, goyim transition. Yeah. Um, she does. She doesn't listen. It's fine. <laughs> uh, he was initially reluctant to enjoy himself because he was a young surly teenager. I don't right. really think of surly as an adjective to ascribe to a teenager ever. I'm. Picturing like in a, like an old, like a barfly like yeah. shaved head. I think of five o'clock sh- shadow. Like someone in a hookah bar is surly. I don't think of someone, <laughs> a young teen, as surly. These fucking surly youths. Yeah, this teen has just got like cigarette stained fingers and <laughs> graying temples and. He didn't want to come to the summer camp because it would interfere with his work at the docks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so he was a, a young, surly teenager. Um, I mean, because it's like, surly is like the, it's like how you can't call an elderly person precocious. I feel like you yeah. can't <laughs> call a, a teenager surly. It's like redundant. It's Yeah, it's like you're precocious and old. It's like, well, you're just, that, that's what you should be, old. Yeah. Like, you're surly, you're a teenager. Yeah, of course. Surly. <laughs> what the fuck else would you be? All right, uh, but gradually he got into the spirit of the trip through... The legitimate fun, legitimately fun hiking. Um, again, weird phrasing. Sounds, Favorite kind of hiking. It's legitimately fun. Um, <laughs> we're definitely clairvoyant, and this is legitimately fun. Uh, legitimately fun hiking, paddling, and climbing activities, and hanging out with the three young twenty-something counselors who were our trip leaders. About halfway through the trip, we were hiking a remote section of the AT that required us to be away from any small towns or even formal campsites for about a four-day period. Um, on these run-on sentences are killing me. Um, this is this is yeah, this is the bummer about the <laughs> listener submitted things. There's they're edited for you know grammar, but not for brevity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on this hike, we slept under open tarps suspended from trees rather than in tents because tarps required less material to carry. Also, they are less material because they are <laughs> just a tarp. Yeah, it turns out there's less stuff there then. <laughs> that definitely, the counselor lost the tent, and that was the... <laughs> we are tarp it's, camping? It's less material. It's a uh, good thing you never tarp camped. Shut up. Really, uh, you know, really experienced uh, campers don't, they don't use a tent. <laughs> you shut your mouth, you surly little bastard. <laughs> <It's> surly. <laughs> And stop smoking that pipe. Where'd you get that? <laughs> um, 
This meant we could come and go from the shelter of the tarp at night without disturbing our fellow campers. It also meant that there were no barriers between you and whatever was out in the woods. Spoiler alert, a tent is barely a barrier. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a barrier in, in psychological terms only. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the tarp, having framed it that way, you could just come and go anytime. It's so that the counselors can fuck. They can go somewhere oh, else yeah. and fuck. It's so they can go smoke weed and fuck and, yeah. <laughs> Live their fucking... best lives on the AT. <laughs> Just fuck around on Twitter on the phone that they secretly have. There were four boys in my tarp. <laughs> <laughs> There were four boys in my tarp. That's the well. There's the name of the episode, um, Officer. There were four boys in my tarp. <laughs> that's a folk song that I don't want to hear. Yeah, there were four boys, four boys in my tarp. God, Taylor Swift B-side, um, including my best friend. On the second night of this hike, we made camp in a small clearing about 100 feet off the trail, at around. 4 a.m., our entire group was awoken in pitch blackness. I hate it when people writing scary stories try to throw in, like... Yeah, he was... <laughs> awoken. It's... You were woken up. Yeah. We were we were drawn hither by the awakening <laughs> in the pitch blackness to the sound of my best friend violently screaming our names from somewhere out in the woods. I will never forget the terrified urgency in his voice. Obviously... All of the campers were terrified as well. As we listened to him scream, they just sat there listening. <laughs> just just <laughs> sitting there like a little mug of coke in their hands. You, I don't want to leave the tarp. You leave the tarp first. There are um, four boys in here. <laughs> obviously, all the campers were terrified as well. As we listened to him screaming, one of my fellow campers began to cry. The counselor told us to remain calm and began responding to his screams, telling him to stay where he was and that they would come find him through call and response. It seems like they're overthinking this. Yeah. If Shine I... a light. <laughs> yeah. that, that counselor definitely just snuck out of the tarp to smoke a joint, and then hears a kid screaming, so he's, like, trying to think of what the... <laughs> he's trying to think of what the protocol is. Like, like all right, everyone, remain calm. Oh, I've done this we before. Use, uh... We will use call and response to echolocate the child. <laughs> I remember this from the pool. Uh, Marco? <laughs> Marco? <laughs> Avalon. Essentially, it was a terrifying game of Marco Polo. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> In the wilderness at night. After about 15 minutes, they were able to track him down about 300 yards, 300 <laughs> yards from the perimeter of the campsite. That's too and far. I, I couldn't... That's too far to hear in the woods. This person, I, I'm, I'm, this is suspect. That's three football fields. And the woods That's so dampen far. noise. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, at le that's like at least a mile, right? It's gotta be. What's, I mean, I'm wondering, like, is it like if, 300? If only our unit of measurement that we used in this country was <sighs> intuitive where we could, uh, like, I can't even, like, I had to, 
I had to convert to metric when we moved to Europe, and now I've had to convert back to like imperial, and I can't do anything now. It's like I, yeah. I'm neither left nor right handed. It's yeah, it's like people who also people who use imperial their whole life. None of us know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't because I'm like, oh yeah, that's got to be about a mile, point one seven miles. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> this kid, okay. So I'm I'm like this story is suspect to me. Um, <clears throat> Okay, so about 300 yards from the perimeter of the camp and walk him back to us. When he arrived back at the camp, he was clearly traumatized, shivering and carrying his sleeping bag. His face was pale white in the lantern light and carried a look of, of horror mixed with be- bewilderment and suspicion. <laughs> so very, very specific look on his face. <laughs> he had hit his head and was making three faces at once. <laughs> yeah. Horror, bewilderment. He was a little suspicious. <laughs> Listen, I'd be a little suspicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> at this point, no one was going back to sleep. As the sun slowly came up, he explained to us that he had awoken in his sleeping bag, lying on the ground, in the middle of the forest, unable to see anything around him. He quickly realized that he was not under the tarp, um, that as none of the rest of us were sleeping next to him. <laughs> Where are my four boys? <laughs> Where are my boys? <laughs> That's the only frame of reference. How many boys are underneath this tarp? Uh, interestingly, the first thing he did was get out of his sleeping bag, stand up, and go pee. <laughs> I, yeah, hey, I get it. When, when nature calls. After relieving himself, it dawned on him that he was completely alone and exposed in the dark. He had no idea where he was how far he was from the campsite, or how he had gotten there. He said he began quietly calling out my name, the names of our fellow campers, and the name of our camp. When he got no response, he realized that he must be a significant... Marco. Marco. (laughs) Marco! (laughs) The name of our camp. Camp Reckless Endangerment! Camp Reckless Endangerment! Lawsuit! Lawsuit! Uh, when he got no response, he realized he must be a significant distance away from our campsite. Over the course of almost two hours, he wandered around groping in the dark. Okay, so this kid walked away. Okay, that may... I was going to this... say, for some... Like, I was genuinely terrified for a moment. I'm like, the idea that somebody... Like, not just that somebody did move you 300 feet yeah. or 300 yards, but the fact that... Somebody could move you 300 yards yeah. in a sleeping bag without you noticing. That detail just made this a lot less scary. <laughs> yeah, he was like 15 feet away, and everybody's like, asleep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when he got no response, he realized it was different. Over the course of almost two hours, he wandered around groping in the dark, gradually increasing the pitch and volume of his calls to no response, until finally his panicked screams woke us up. <clears throat> Why don't wait two hours to start screaming? That's the thing, like... You have that option available to you right away. I, I Don't... Mean, I'm wondering, like, t- the the generous read on this would be that, like, I don't know, that he wandered towards the camp and that he he might, he might have even been further away. And it wasn't, like, maybe he was yelling and it wasn't until he got close enough that they, that they heard him. No. He, <laughs> he was in, he was under no. the tarp. <laughs> No. He, he, he rolled out of the tarp. Yeah, and because they're under a tarp, not in a tent, and he, in the dark, walked away to pee and couldn't find his way back. 
I and then waited to start scream right away. Yeah. You scream right away. If I woke scream. up and I was under the tarp, I would probably scream half the time because that's just an upsetting place to wake up. <laughs> Four boys. <laughs> I would scream until I realized that's where I'd fallen asleep. Um <laughs> Yeah, like as a kid going to a sleepover, like if I if I wake up, I'm probably going to be close to screaming just cuz I'm not yeah. in my room. Right. Okay. Um to this day, I cannot imagine the terror going through his mind, the mind of a 13-year-old in this situation. After telling his story, he was convinced that the counselors or some of us campers had played a prank on him by carrying a cool prank <laughs> by carrying him and sleeping back out to the woods and leaving him there. Let's go traumatize a child. Well, I feel I like mean, that, that is summer camp. I was like, that is like camp pranks. <laughs> it's like, let's tape this kid to a tree and come get him in the morning. Um, this this prank didn't involve any hook hands. Prank? Camp, it's like, camp pranks aren't funny. No. Do you know... <laughs> Do you know what was I? I went to summer camp when I was a kid, Avalon. Do you want to guess the charming summer camp name that the counselors had for me? It's not gonna be good. Uh, Girls Camp Nancy. <laughs> That's the level of well thought out, uh, needless cruelty that camp counselors. Let's give these people that. the responsibility over over my child. Perfect. Children. Like, um, uh, though I will say, yeah. like, now, killer, like, roller derby name. Oh, Girls Camp Nancy kind of rules. Yeah. <laughs> I should change my Instagram handle to Girls oh my Camp God. Nancy. That'd be pretty good. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, As if Nancy wasn't enough, they had to add the additional qualifier. Like, Nancy like, from where? Because he's a girl and goes to Girls Camp. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> It really is like a dumb person's like over overly explained. It's insult. really killing it, real creative. That's there. like how most people think jokes work. <laughs> is the thing, and they're not wrong. It, it's it's that extra inch of finesse, though. It's like <laughs> yeah. you're not you're on the right track, but uh, elevate. All right. Um, he demanded that someone admit to what they had done. Um, Everyone swore that they would never do something that reckless and cruel. Uh-huh. Clearly, well, also, like, the counselors are not going to admit to it because they will <laughs> go to jail <laughs> if this comes out. <laughs> Clearly, this was not a funny situation. After talking him down, we all resolved that he must have sleepwalked or sleepily wandered away from the campsite. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> sure, whatever. It's, it's your fault. Let's gaslight the child. <laughs> Perhaps looking for a place to pee and got back into his sleeping bag. This was the most logical explanation after all. He eventually said he accepted this explanation, even though he insisted that he had never sleepwalked in his life. Deep down, I knew he still suspected that we were all fucking with him. The only bit that none of us could explain was the three square inch patch of missing hair that had appeared on his leg overnight. <laughs> Wait. This is very late in the story to, to be introducing a bombshell like that. Oh no! The, the counselors are about to give him a tattoo yeah. and they're like, no, this is too far, no, this is too far. Shut up, shut up, shut up, this is too far. Three inch? Three square inch? Yeah. That's... Also, man, he had a... This was a surly 13-year-old if he had enough leg hair to, 
notice a three-inch missing patch. That that patch is he didn't notice that the hair was gone because that's always where he strikes his matches to light his fucking stogies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, it, okay. The three explain a three-inch missing patch of hair that had appeared on his leg overnight. P.S. My friend and I ended up going to different high schools and lost touch over the years. Interestingly enough, I do know that he ended up working with the National Outdoor Leadership School, leading young people on expeditions much like the one we took when we were 13. I believe it is a happy resolution (laughs) that he was not traumatized enough to never go into the woods again. Okay, you are misinterpreting that (laughs) stage. (laughs) He was traumatized to the point of obsession, and it ruled the entire course of his life. I will hunt them down. I will find whatever (laughs) dragged me from my four-boy tarp. Although I do sometimes wonder if he ever considers playing a really good prank on his students. The end. Man, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot to unpack in that last paragraph. Uh, yeah, um, like this destroyed this child. This is they created a broken boy, and <laughs> four boys entered that tent. Only three left. Yeah, for real. I was about to say, I don't know how surly he was going into this, but he sure as hell was surly coming out. <laughs> uh, I feel like... So, okay, I don't know. It, like, there's two reads on this. Either we can take it at face value that, you know, something moved this child 300 yards. Yeah. And, like maybe would have moved him further. We don't know if it's like he woke up and that's why the moving stopped. Uh, right. That's like, on the face of it, horrifying. Yeah. Like the idea of like, just waking up with like, you know, the like little bumpy as your head's kind of bumping along with the grooves in the dirt. Don't like it. I think, I think that's, that's deeply upsetting. Yeah. Um, you know, we... I... Oh, yeah, if we take it at face value, and like I said, I want to believe this sort of stuff, and I, I want to believe the survivor of this uh, abuse. <laughs> I do, but I do believe that's what it was. Yes. It is. This one, I do believe, was abused by these, like, definitely stoned 20-year-olds um, at, yeah. who definitely pranked this this vulnerable young child 100 percent. i think that like if we apply a, a, even a skosh of actual logic to it it's like yeah these shitty teens like dragged him out into the middle of no, maybe it wasn't even that far maybe it was like 15 feet away and he's just whispering he's like marco marco and they don't yeah, yeah. um because well, also, also thir- 13 year 13 years old is just enough for when you are 20 and stoned for you to for a second forget that they're a child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like exactly. Like, their 10-year-olds are pretty articulate and stuff. I could see, you know, you're hanging out with the kid. You're like, oh, especially if he's the surly one, he's the most mature <laughs> the of the group. Of like, the group. You know, like, they're, like the counselors are like, yeah, it's Gen X. It's probably the 80s or whatever. Like, <laughs> he's on our wavelength, man. Like, let's, let's, let's fuck with him a little bit. Like, you yeah. know. And then cut to it's like the 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 nursing students with a cadaver hand hanging from the light pole. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, that said, no matter what, yeah, that kid was broken. Like he went. Definitely. He went back into the woods because he's like, these children are going to go out into the woods to camp, 
And if I'm not there, one of them will be dragged away too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also like, <laughs> and now also reading this, like, I, I think one of two things is true. Uh, there was no gay kid in this group, so they ganged up on the surly one. Or B, uh, <laughs> surly is a very strange, veiled, homophobic <laughs> term. <laughs> He's angry because we keep calling him Nancy. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so this, this kid's, yeah, now li- living his life trying to stop fucking... Sasquatch, or however you internalize that. <laughs> Sasquatch, is... Sasquatch is building a child army. Yeah. I won't let him get away with it. <laughs> this is like, have you ever seen that a fucking Gregor Rocky movie, Mysterious Skin, about, like, uh, the kid who gets molested and then believes it was an alien abduction? Yes, yes, exactly. Well, that's, like, that leads me to my next question of, like, if it is not a supernatural thing and is not a camp counselor thing, I mean, like, the Appalachian Trail is... Are you about to say pretty molesty? Because it looks... <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, like, that's the one... And I know that these are probably apocryphal tales, but, you know, you occasionally hear a tale of, like, you know, <clears throat> woman goes hiking along the Appalachian Trail and, like, gets home and develops her film, and on each roll of film she finds, you know, the picture Someone she took watching, for the day yeah. and then the picture of her sleeping at night. Yeah. Um, you know, over the course of days and days. So, you know, the scariest thing in the woods is always whoever else is in the woods. And like, yeah. the... I mean, but something tells me if that kid was going to get trafficked, that kid was going to get trafficked. Yeah. I mean, that, that, <laughs> yeah. But then what about the, the three inch patch of bald leg skin? Again, how much leg hair does a 13 year old have? He's surly! <laughs> He's a 40-year-old man. He's surly. He's a recreational timber sports enthusiast. Um, it, yeah, I, it could also be he was near a fire and like there was an yeah. ember or something and it burnt it off. Who knows? Again, this is like, if this was written in first person, I would be, and <laughs> more, I don't know why, I would be more, I'd be more scared and more likely to believe it. You know, like, I wish it did have more, something that this, story didn't have that the other two had was there wasn't a lot of sensory detail yeah about like when the kid was lost in the woods mm-hmm. so it wasn't it didn't draw me in as much you don't you, know? you don't feel like you're there and that's i you know i assume just because like he doesn't have that info he's like oh, the kid was out yeah. there he was being surly all i really know the only sensory detail i know is the size and placement of the tarp <laughs> <laughs> and how much hair is not on a leg yeah <laughs> Yeah, fair. I, I'm right there with you. I think um, for this one, I gotta go. Um, it's I'm I'm still creepy idea. Like I'm still spooked by the the idea of you know you just imagine you're camping and you sure. wake up and your tent is gone. You're just not mm. in your tent. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three out of four boys under a tarp for for that one. <laughs> in it's a tarp, sorry. Three out of four boys yeah. in a tarp. In a tarp. Um I you know, it, it's I, I think this was like a slam dunk concept for mm-hmm. a story, but the execution was just so poor. Yeah. Um I I can't go any higher than two out of five awokenings. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um yeah. I will say that Something that scared, like, 
you know, it's the idea of when you're a kid, you know, suddenly you're lost at the store. Like, your parents leave you somewhere. Like, you're just, Mm -hmm. you're somewhere. And the idea of waking up while camping and just suddenly you're like, I'm not at my campsite. I'm not where I am. Is there a campsite? Have I always been here? Will I always be here? Can I get out? Um, Yikes. Um, Well, with that, I think... This digital campfire that I have built is is burning low, so um, I'll, I'll responsibly douse and bury that by clearing my browser history. That's <laughs> <laughs> not how that works. <laughs> yep, turns out, yep. Um, oh, wait, I wasn't supposed to build an actual fire over here? <laughs> the, oh, bit al- the bit always... My landlord is going to be mad. <laughs> the bit when I was recording this in my old place was always like a fire that... I gather them around a fire that I built in my living room. <laughs> um... <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll responsibly douse this fire to prevent uh, wildfires. Um, but you know, before we do that, uh, yeah, has anything anything spook or natural ever happened to you? Anything you can't quite explain? Have you ever been under a tarp? <laughs> <laughs> I've been under many a tarp with uh, any number of men, never boys. Um, it feels like I... a euphemism for like. There's this old-time euphemism about, like, standing like standing up in closets with, with, with sailors or something. Yeah. Were, I just, sorry, I just scrolled up to look at the exact wording of that sentence again, and it made me laugh again. <laughs> there were four boys in my tarp. <laughs> there were four boys in my tarp, including my best friend. Um, that's like if a... That's like if a an algorithm uh, tried to write a Stephen King coming-of-age story. <laughs> Stand by me, and it's sequel. Four boys in my tarp. My tarp. <laughs> oh man. Um, I, I've ha- I've had some spooky experiences. Okay. Um, do tell. Yeah, the one, uh, that stands out to me. I well, there's a lot. My partner is very, like, uh, they seem to to have a lot more, um like, uh, direct, like, haunting-type stuff happen to more, them. They're more tuned into it. Yeah, like, the place we used to live in, um, they had a lot, like, I had a little bit, but they had a lot of experiences like that. Um, but if I've weren't learned one thing from these three stories is not to tell someone else's <laughs> yes. haunting. So Now, I'm you like... mentioned that your partner had a dream once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I, so there's this thing that happened to me when I was very young Mm -hmm. and I was young enough where it's like, you know how like you tell a story or think about something so much over the years from when you were young, you're like not sure which of it is what's real and what's like, so every time you imagine it, you reimagine it. Yeah, it's like I can't remember, I can't, it's hard to tell if I'm remembering new details every time I think about it, or just like my mind is filling in gaps. Yeah. Um, but basically, I was, we were camping, and my family was camping in northern Wisconsin. Um, I believe it was at a place called Rock Island, which like, you know how Wisconsin looks like a mitt? Yeah. Like a little club? It's, it's one of the many hand-shaped states yeah. of the Midwest. <laughs> so it's, it's... It's the Rock Island is a little island in Lake Michigan that's right off the thumb. Okay. Um, the tip of the thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was camping, and me and my brother were like running through the woods. I think looking for like firewood. Yeah. I was probably six 
I would say. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, I kind of ran away from him, and I was off on my own. And then I heard running water. And so I was, like, walking towards the running water, and as the running water got louder, everything else in the woods got quieter. Like, the bugs kind of got quieter, and... Um, so until like, by the time I got to this river, like all I could hear was this and it wasn't like rapids. Like it wasn't like a loud, like cacophonous <laughs> it was a waterfall that I was near. Yeah, sure. It was like a bu- <laughs> no, it was just like a little river. bubbling brook. Yeah. There's like billions of them in Northern Wisconsin. Sure. Just a little, brook. they tell you, they tell you about the lakes. Don't tell you about the rivers. No. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I, so I, I get to this river, um, and across from it. And, like, when I come into the little clearing that the river is in, like, at this point, I can't really hear anything but the river. Yeah. And then across the river from me, in the line of trees, is a semi-translucent elk. Like, white elk. Um, Spooky. And then my brother comes running up behind me, and I turn to tell him to look at it. And then when I look back, it's like... Mostly dissolved and then like dissolves away. Ooh, yeah, creepy. Yeah, so it's... it wasn't and, and it wasn't like frightening. Yeah, it it was. This was like a very benign. I would say a neutral paranormal experience. <laughs> the best. It wasn't. Kind. It wasn't like I was like filled with God's love in that moment. But I also like wasn't frightened. Like it was sure. just like like. Whoa! Yeah, I neither what I the neither, fuck. I neither had an epiphany nor soiled myself. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> very bizarre. And I think when you're that age, you're like more open, susceptible, open to that sort of things because yeah. everything's still kind of like your brain is still learning how to form memories and shit, yeah. and to learning how to differentiate like imagination from reality. Well, like the the thing that I always remember with is. They, they they do these kind of tests where they they ask people from different cultural backgrounds to like identify different things, and they've shown that like even things that are as concrete as like you know are these like they'll show someone two shades of green, and like You're right, without fail everyone in Western society is like those are the same shades of green, and then they show them to people who and are surrounded by wilderness more, and they're like no those are entirely different. And it's like yeah, you know, <clears throat> as a kid you just aren't as I guess societally attuned. Or detuned. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting that because normally you know the, the kind of trope is like you see something spooky and then you turn away and you look back and it's gone. But that there was like continuity, like it was still there but fading. Yeah, is interesting. And um, I've told this story to people that tell me. So I've never read Harry Potter. I was um, trying so hard not to reference it. <laughs> and I I tell people I had not read Harry Potter. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, that, that would have been that would have been too, too early. If you were if you were six years old, I that was past my reading. I think I think it was out. When did that come out? Ninety nine. Would have been would have been like ninety nine. But those Patronuses didn't come around until like the third or the fourth book. So okay. So, so. yeah, if I was I was born in ninety three. So if I was six. That would have been like, I would have been very on the cutting edge yeah. of Harry Potter lore, <laughs> the bleeding edge of Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, fuck J.K. Rowling. Um, we have to say it every time. We have to no. say it. Like yeah. it's like we if if we say something that's even borderline positive about Harry Potter, yeah. we have to even yeah even just acknowledging the existence of yeah. uh, Harry Potter lore. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's terrifying. That's spooky. Uh, yeah, it's it like freaks me out more in retrospect. Yeah, like I wasn't like it didn't keep me up at night that night. Um, and I don't I don't even think I told my family about it. I remember I told my brother at the time. I was like, "Did you see that?" Um, uh, yeah. And I did look it up. There are albino elk in uh, northern Wisconsin sometimes, sure. but it's like very rare. And they probably and, don't have the ability to turn into a mist. <laughs> to turn into yeah, to, to evaporate. <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think that's like an evolutionary uh, aspect of al- albinism. Um. <laughs> now, yeah, let's not start any like new horrible stereotypes. Yeah. Um. You know those albino people, they can apparate and <laughs> Those damn albinos always... They're witchcraft. Um, <laughs> always manifest in their tangible bodies into spaces they weren't previously occupying. Now, you, you did say this was in Wisconsin. Are you certain that this wasn't some sort of butter dream or <laughs> dairy-based fantasy that you had? I, from... was, <laughs> I was running through uh, the woods chasing a cheese curd in the air like a butterfly. Um, <laughs> it had escaped from the happened. farm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Uh, 10 out of 10 for that one. That is spooky and inexplicable. And not like a, like a, I saw like a scary old lady. Like give me Animal Ghost. Animal Ghost is interesting. Um, yeah. I, I hope that you haven't inadvertently revealed your spirit animal. Uh, or some sort of like special, gu- like some sort of like guiding force in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be paying attention for yeah. there's signs of, of elk all over that I'm just not paying attention to. <laughs> yeah, there's one on the wall behind you now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I assume I assume that um, uh, animal totems and guides are like birthday wishes, <laughs> and that if you tell somebody about yeah. them, they leave you. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, all right. With uh, with that, then I think uh, the the campfire has been spookily doused. The browser history has been erased. Um, well, I wrap up uh, putting away my trowel and discreetly eliminating all the waste that I've carried into the forest with me. Uh, do tell us where where can our listeners find you? Um, you can find me at Riley Condunk on Instagram. That's where I post my shows and stuff. Uh, when's this coming out? This will probably be towards the end of this week. We're on a little bit of a fuzzy schedule, but I'm gonna okay. say I'm gonna say Sunday at the latest. Okay, just check my Instagram. I'm on the I'm on. I'll be on the radio sometime this weekend. Ooh, they archive that. They can <laughs> find X-ray you. X-ray radio, and I've got a couple shows this weekend, but just follow me on Instagram. Cool, and that's at uh, Girls Camp Nancy? At Girls Camp Nancy. <laughs> As of tonight, that will be my new handle, for sure. <laughs> oh, sick. Cool. And then um, you can find me. Uh, I'm at that Avalon on Instagram and I guess Twitter, too, whatever. Uh, and you can get in contact with the show by emailing us at booha... No. Booha-ha-pod at gmail.com. <laughs> uh submit us your stories tell us some spooky things that happened to you and we'll read them on the show oh uh, yeah everyone come see me do stand-up comedy i'm really good yeah riley is fucking hilarious um 
You were wait wait you you placed this year, didn't you? Which which second place? Baby. Second place. That was it. I didn't want to offend you by Portland's saying third. Portland's most I... overrated person. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that they renamed the uh, the competition that this year, but uh, <laughs> it's it's know. accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah turn, does what it says on the tin. Uh, but yeah, no, Riley is absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, do yourselves a favor and and consume their media. Come get my content. <laughs> That'll be the end point. Just you screaming, <laughs> come get my content.